Welcome to Friendo Podcast, hosted by me, Amanda Muse. As a YouTuber, I've shared my life online for the last eight years, and now I'm excited to learn about you. Friendo celebrates people and their stories, from interesting jobs to unique passions and curious life skills that the world should hear about. Community is everything. Let's do this. Today's episode is sponsored by Pillway, a virtual pharmacy that offers complete virtual care, the first platform in Canada that connects doctors, patients, and pharmacists. Dean and I have been using the service now, and it's been so convenient. We transferred our prescriptions seamlessly using their app, and then had our medications delivered right to our door quickly and for free, either same day or the next day. Delivery depends on where you live, and the complexity of the order is so helpful. Such a nice thing to cross off the to-do list. Dean and I will share more about our experience later on in the episode, but if you would like to try out Pillway, download the app or head to pillway.com and use code AMANDAMUSE50 for up to 50% off your first order of vitamins, supplements, over-the-counter drugs, and more when you place your first medication order on Pillway. Earlier this year, my dad had surgery to remove what we thought was a tumor, and we were worried about how this might impact his facial movements because there was the potential for nerve damage, and surgery was a success. And then we found out that what we thought was non-cancerous turned out to be the big C word, and it was incredibly overwhelming, stressful, so many emotions. Of course, simultaneously, there is a pandemic. And it's a little bit tricky to support the people you love as they go through these type of medical experiences when you can't be near them. When there's a risk that if they're going through this tricky time and then you might get them sick. Like there was just so many variables at play. I definitely believe in the power of storytelling and that there is the potential that by my dad sharing his story with you today, that maybe, maybe you or someone you love might catch something before it progresses like it did with my dad. Because as you'll see, as his story unfolds, he caught this little something two years ago and was misdiagnosed. And I wonder, you know, it's hard not to wonder and play that game, but you kind of wonder where we might have been had that first doctor checked him out a little bit more thoroughly. So without giving anything away and allowing my dad to share his story, let's just jump into the episode. Welcome dad to the podcast. Well, thank you, my favorite daughter. (laughs) dad whose real name is john um but uh dad dad muse grandpa muse as they often call you on the internet let's just get right into it so what happened where you went into the hospital with a little lump let's start there that started uh the year that i turned 60 what a start to this freaking decade man let me tell you it's not whimpering. It started with a bang. Okay, it really did. Mm-hmm. Um, I was working on my house in uh, 2019. And uh, one morning, I'm 
wash my face. I get up, wash my face, and I felt a lump on my right side. Like that's weird. Like a you know significant one, as if as if I really hit myself really hard, but I couldn't remember what happened. Now I was doing some major renovations on my house. We're completely doing the whole thing from you know from top to bottom, right? So I thought. Walked into a wall, hit myself with a two by four. You know, not that's never happened before, right? So I didn't think much of it. But when the swelling went away after about, let's say, about a good two weeks later, it left me with a little marble that I could actually feel. I go, that's okay. I better go see someone. So I went to see my family doctor. He referred me to the at the same at the same clinic I was going to uh, to an ENT, ear, nose, and throat, you know, a specialist. Nothing, he says. Don't worry about it. 85% benign. Don't worry about it. Well, his dad used to say, I'm pretty special. So two years later, it goes by, and then I wake up with a golf ball now, the side on, on the side of my face. Now, at that time, I thought he didn't take a biopsy. I always felt like there's something wrong, but I never in my life have ever gone to going to have like a sec, you know, like a second opinion. I've never really been, and I've, I've, I've never been ill really. So knock on wood type of thing. And so I wanted to see my family doctor. I wanted to see my family doctor, but I, but I wasn't able to, and this was really hurting. So this is just to clarify for the listener, this is two years later. Yeah. This is, um, November last year. Okay. Okay. So they shut down. Can't see anybody. Well, somebody at the hospital is going to see me. So I went down. So it was hurting bad, man. So I said, take a look at this, man. This is bad news. So I was referred to an ear, nose, and throat specialist at the hospital. What a lifesaver this guy is. This, this guy was phenomenal. Gave me, he actually gave me shit because I didn't go for a second opinion. And told me right off the bat, he says, if you doubt anything I have to say, he pointed right, right, right into my face. He goes, you make sure you get a second opinion, even on me. I won't be insulted. So he says, spread that around. And that's what I've been telling, actually. That's exactly what I've been doing. I've been telling people, if you're not happy with the diagnosis or you think something's not quite right, go see another person. It's it's all, it's you. You are in charge of me incorporated. You know what I mean? Like, it's mm-hmm. only you at the final stage of, of anything. You're It's it's your life. It's your it's your body, right? Mm-hmm. So he, um, he, I went to see him. He took a biopsy. I think it was about a week later. About yeah, a week later when the labs were still running at full capacity, right? Because that's less and less people were working in these labs. It's all behind the scenes. You don't know this until you're there, mm-hmm. right? So it came back. He goes, "It's okay." They took they he, he took a biopsy. No, no cancer at all. No problem. But it's got to be removed. So I have a, a an epithelial myoepithelial carcinoma, which means it's a bunch of nerves. I'm sorry, a bunch of cells. Um, atypical cells are called. Just formed together, made a rock band. Woohoo! That's that's mm-hmm. you know, that's a party. Attached itself to my uh, um, parotid gland, which is your spit gland, and through time wrapped itself around my facial nerves. Right. Okay. So, to for those that are visual like me, the lump was it in front of your ear or behind your ear? It was. Let's see. It was. Let's say, you know, when the ear begins, right? Yeah. Go about an inch forward. Yeah. In, a, in a, about an inch and a half, in a, about an inch down. So it's not like so a, far, not your jaw, but like just before, like above that. Yeah. It's above, it's just in that area. Okay. Cause I'm thinking well, like, 
how easy people might think, well, it's just a swollen lymph node. Maybe I was sick. You know, like that area has got so much going on. Oh man, more so than I ever realized in my life. Let me tell you. So, um, yeah, so he took some, uh, he took a biopsy and he goes, it's fine, but it has to be removed. Right. Right. So they call it a face peel. I call, sorry, I call it like a face peel. Yeah. Right front at the top of my ear in the front, wrap it all the way around the earlobe, halfway in the back, and it curls out and down towards your throat. Before we get any further, I feel like there's a couple of things you have to unpack because there's people who are not part of our regular daily conversations that were like, hold on, there's a lot of stuff happening. So throughout all of this, I mean, one thing that you do really well is like, you don't mess around. If you've got a weird lump or bump or something, you get it checked out. You know, I think yeah. I don't know if it's like generational kind of thing, but a lot of men as they get older, I mean, you see it in the movies, you see it in families, like they don't want to get stuff checked out. And you're like, why? Yeah. Like deal with it. That. My dad was like that. Mm. Drove me bananas. Actually drove my mother bananas actually. And she ingrained it into me. She goes, you have to take a look at, you have to take care of you. Who else is going to take care of yourself? And so, you know, you're like a single guy. And I think it would have been very easy for you to maybe just like, meh, not, not say anything about it. Cause you know, dad's not the type to like, you don't, you don't complain about stuff like that. So I didn't even like know that that happened. You probably just mentioned it in passing. And if I'm going to be honest, my dad's typical format is to go through something and tell me six months later, and then I got to give him a smack. (laughs) So So he's improved. He's improved. It's so wild to me that, you know, grandma, your mom had been through cancer of the mouth area and throat. And you had been, I mean, primary, I I would say primary caretaker in a lot of ways, you and your sister Lisa and had been taking her for cancer treatments and all these things. And then all of a sudden you get a lump like in your head area, you know, your face area. Did that come did that thought cross your mind? Did you feel anxious about that at all? <laughs> Sweet Jesus, yes. <laughs> yeah. Oh man, no kidding. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Because it's too, is, yeah. it's too similar. Like it was, it's slightly different. You know, I mean, it is. She had, she had something different than I did, but still, it's still in the same area. Right. And I really don't want to have what she went through. So yeah. you've got. All of that. I mean, it's oh, just yeah. human nature. And then all of a sudden you're like, what in the heck? I'm here for me, but we're jumping ahead here. So, um, so you get this miss, so you get, I, I'm calling it the misdiagnosis, right? But essentially you got a lump. It's nothing. It's 15% chance of bad things happening. Probably not going to happen. So we had been talking actually with my audience, even sharing them with them about the surgery. So you've got this, it's a tumor really. Yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. It, you kind of, you describe it better than me, but it's almost like it's got like, like an octopus and like, it's just kind of like doing its thing around your Oh man, tell me more. Yeah. It hangs on to parts of you that you wouldn't even believe it's uh, yeah. So it, it really attached itself to my, um, a parotid gland. We have two, we have two major ones. So I lost, I lost one because it just, you know, it was just in it, but it was also wrapped around, around my facial nerves. And that was the part that was giving me the greatest anxiety. Because if they had to cut it to take it, if they couldn't remove it from the facial nerves, they would have to remove the, that nerve. Now, that means I would lose what? The ability to smile? I 
No. You know, my nostrils moving, my eyes winking, anything, anything has to do with your face. There's, it goes, there's five nerves, literally. It's like, it's, it's just like your hand. Five nerves and it goes into a trunk. And the trunk is not too far away from where this, from when this whole, you know, like situation was happening. So I've got nerves here, man. I've got a juggler. I've got, it's a very sensitive area, man. I throw it is. I tell you, it's quite, it's quite intense. Today's episode is sponsored by Pillway, and I wanted to share my experience with this awesome service. I don't take daily medications, so initially, I wasn't sure how a virtual pharmacy might work for me, until I realized I could get the meds I take for my cold sores delivered quarterly and just set it and forget it kind of thing. I tend to get flare-ups and they drive me bonkers. And if you suffer from cold sores, then you know if you feel one coming on, you need your meds right away. So running out isn't an option. Switching my prescription over to Pillway was easy with their user-friendly app. And then receiving my meds a day later without having to leave the house was fabulous. If you're like me with kids and a partner and a never-ending to-do list, it's nice to take that one thing that can be rather time-consuming, you know, sometimes you need a special trip to the pharmacy, waiting in line. Who has time for that? It's off your list. Use my code AMANDAMUSE50 for up to 50% off your first order of vitamins, supplements, over-the-counter drugs, and more when you place your first medication order on Pillway. Download the app or head to pillway.com to learn more. When I remember, you know, over Christmas and, and my brother, so my dad, my, you know, my dad's got two kids, my brother and I, and we're talking about this upcoming surgery. We're all kind of a little anxious about it. I mean, the big worry was, are you going to be able to smile? Like, is your face going to be doing what it's supposed to do? That was our biggest worry. Oh, yeah. That's it. That's it. it. Was, well, it was that for me too, you know? Right. You so know? then. Well, what so gets you know, worse? Oh. oh, sorry. Well, what gets worse? He meant well. He was trying to encourage me. This, this, this is my surgeon, right? But when the biopsy came back and says, I'm fine. And then he opened up a little bit more about the possibilities that would have been is that if it was cancerous. Okay. So, of course, finding out later it was cancerous, he really had to backtrack. Oh, my God. He was, he was stressed, too, because he goes, oh, I said too much type of thing. The thing about this is that if it was cancerous, it might have, well, it was, it might have traveled on these facial nerves into my brain. Mm. And that's brain cancer. Right. Well, it becomes cancer in the brain. It's still that same type of cancer, but it moves itself in there. Or right. Because it doesn't it cancer? They like, it's whatever one you're first diagnosed with. Yeah. 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 Okay. Yeah. So then, and also, and also the, you know, like lymph nodes. So when they did the surgery, they know that it did not go up. It did not go up. The lymph nodes came back clean. And they did x-rays of my throat and my chest. So it did not go down either. This happened. This, this actually did happen pretty quick. So on the uh, day after my birthday, which is weird. It just happened to be that way. That's where I had my party. <laughs> so, yeah, that was interesting. Mm. So, they, so they, uh, that was a one and a half hour procedure turned into four. These guys saved my face. Yeah, I'll, happy to report. Dad is just as animated. Yeah, man, these guys saved my face. I'm telling you, because I would, 
You know, without the smile, it's kind of hard to I get know. by through it's, it's Who just... is that man without that it's... smile, that gregarious well, laugh? I mean, what's wild is we just celebrated a weekend away here, just visiting my brother and his family and everything. And like, aside from it being a little poofy and a little tender looking and red, honestly, you cannot tell that your dad's had surgery unless you're really looking close. Like it's, it, they did it such an immaculate job. Like in the incision. I mean, I've cut your hair. I've seen it. it it's going to be amazing once it heals yeah, and gets yeah. that fine scar. It'll just be a really good, cool story. Right. So, okay. Yeah. So coming back, this is, this is where things get like gray area because simultaneously while dad is getting, so he gets the surgery and Sean and I, my brother, you know, what's tricky is when you have a parent or a loved one going through some big type of surgery like this, mm -hmm. let's say, generally speaking, you figure out a way to best support them. Like you were talking about grandma, like, you know, you helped her in the hospital and you took her places here and there. Well, add a pandemic to the mix. And all of a sudden I'm like, holy crap, I got to teach my dad how to use Uber. Like, how's he going to get home? I'm like, I'm yeah. like an hour and a half out of the city, which is just enough that it's hard to come for a day. Right. And like help out, add in the fact that I'm like, okay, after surgery, uh, maybe I could stay with dad. But then all of a sudden I'm like, crap, what if like I'm sick and then I get dad sick? And then you're just like, oh my God, he's one of those vulnerable people right now. It was so complicated to try to help you out. But what was great is like the recovery from that surgery wasn't that bad from like in terms of like you were coherent or how, how are you feeling after surgery? Okay. Uh, right after the surgery, um, it, I mean, it's, I was, I was hurting. It was, it was painful, man. Oh crap. You know, Jesus, my whole face is my whole side of my face is numb. Like numb. It's, it's, it's weird feeling like it's, it's, it's numb, but yet you still feel it, but it's not the same. It's, it's a weird sensation. Right. And because of the surgery, everything gets pushed. So I was, couldn't hear out of this ear my my like wisdom teeth on both upper and lower were completely completely oh. covered i could yeah it's you know like everything is like swollen and oh man yeah. oh everything was just swollen man that was like rough just getting out of bed oh my god i just, oh my god holding on to my head Oh, it was, it was tough. It, it, that, that, that was hard. But I'm trying to maintain energy. I'm trying to keep going, you know, and I had the hardest time. I wasn't tired. I mean, I was, how to explain that? I felt, I was getting, I felt weakness, but I wasn't tired enough to sleep because I'm not really wanting to sleep, right? So I'm still maintaining this kind of energy, right? Well, I did it completely, completely wrong, okay? Because in the month of February, I kept on going and all of a sudden March comes around and I was exhausted. I mean, exhausted. I wake up exhausted because I'd be waking up every shit, every seemed like every hour. Cause I just turn, I go, Oh God, just turn. Oh, it's just like, every, you know, everything you did is just, it was painful. You know, it was just terrible. Couldn't chew. Right. Cause everything mm. was on the side, shoving on there and nothing was like, Oh, bad man so then that's when he did the the extra um lab testing mm -hmm. so yeah so those two came back and yeah one says you know 
not so good when it came back good. Well, if one says not so good, then that's the way it is. But he wanted to see how how much detail he could get on 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 another test. Of course, at the same time, my favorite daughter decides to have a little sample of her own of his good times. Uh-huh. So you so were going is... through this, and I just shut up. I go, yeah, yeah, it's fine. It's okay. It's only yeah. about it. You know? So this comes I... back to, like, yeah, as a parent, right? Like, yeah. So, okay. So, yeah, I'm thinking March. That makes sense. So you come out of the surgery. Yeah, your surgery's day after your birthday in ja- end of January. Yeah. So you're healing. Meanwhile, um, in February, I get a biopsy done on a, a dinky little spot that I just thought was a blister that wasn't healing. And I was like, that's weird. Right. Um, but maybe because of your misdiagnosis, she, so I go in to see my doctor and she's like, well, we could take a biopsy now, or you could wait. I was like, you can take a biopsy now. Well, let's do this. So get it done. And she said to me, you know what, if it, ends up being anything, you've already had the biopsy, which means they bump you to the top of the list. And I was like, sweet potatoes. So then go figure 10 days later or seven days later, I get this stupid information, but, um, you know, so I get this and it's just like, you get the rug pulled out from underneath you. And mine was like, I mean, cancer light because they zap, cut it out of you and you're like done. Right. I but mean, it's still, it's still the C word. It is. And it is it knocks, it is a punch to the gut is what it is. You're like, what? Yeah. You know, like pardon. Um, so here I am going through this and I'm like, crap, I got to call some people. So I'm making the rounds and calling everyone. Well, at the same time, like you were saying, dad gets the news about his cancer. So this is where stuff gets, gets like gray area. So then, okay, I'm going through my thing and I'm, okay, I've got the appointment for it to be removed and all of this stuff. And meanwhile, my brother's like, something's going on with dad. (laughs) (laughs) Can't fool everybody all the time. Cannot. We were like, what is wrong with the clinic to the point where my brother's like, I'm going to get the number and I'm going to call. He's like, something is wrong. And I was like, that's good. That's good. Yeah. But you know, I understand. And we talked about this later and it's like, goodness, when your child is going through something big like that, the last thing you want to do is like add more news, but it's not going to improve anything. It's just, I'll just wait. Plus the thing is I had to settle in my own mind. Exactly that. So what was that process like? Like, is it kind (laughs) of like, grief are you going through all of these different emotions like what's it like well it's it's the closest thing to let's say man calling you to say that your grandparents sir they're dying mm. it's, it's it's that but this is personal I go, shit, you know it's like you don't know right so what you got to tell the ones closest to you like what's happening because i don't you can't keep it a secret if that's that stuff's not good and, and people can't help it then that's that's the topic it's like it's like covid it's like covid part two or or covid square it's like that's all we talk about it's like after a while i'm like oh i I just don't want to do this anymore you know like anymore so exactly it wasn't like that concerning my diagnosis because it's it's you and your brother but other people like you know my sister that's okay but every anybody else it seems like okay maybe i should have told a few other people you know that's okay. They're all showing their concern, you know, but what happens next? You get this diagnosis and then what? So two weeks go by and I called in the middle of the week on the third week 
And I finally got through. He's you know very busy, and, he's, and uh, his his assistant there says he always calls. Then she then that's what she informs me. He, that's Sunday's the day that he reaches out to you, and she says he's. Then she just said he's going to call you on Sunday. So the results are in. I knew that. I said, okay. So I knew he was going to call me on a Sunday. So that Sunday, gearing up. Okay, guys. I know I have it, but I don't know how bad. And that's the. It's like that's when. Oh my god! It's like that's not what that's the that's the part that drives you insane. It's the not knowing. Right. It's like you don't know. Like you know, you just don't know. I'm I'm waiting. I'm really waiting on the phone. Right. My phone. My phone is charged this time. Right. I'm just like <laughs> I'm ready to go, man. And I'm cleaning my place and looking at the phone. Cleaning my place and looking at the phone. Did I miss it? You know, like yeah. oh my god, it's insane. It's you know. Anyway, I get a ping on my phone. Oh, it's weird. It was a friend request. Now, this is the wooey factor about this whole thing. Uh huh. So, my friend from high school, my God, man, he graduated in 1976. Okay. I mean, it's 62. It's a long time ago, man. Mm-hmm. And we just, you know, we, we go our own ways. We were about, probably about 22, almost like, yeah, like 40 years ago. We were tight back then. It was fun. It was great times, you know. He wants to be my my Facebook friend. I mean, I thought I had the all my maximum Facebook friends, right? <laughs> hey, another one. Super. I'm achieving my goals, man. So, you know, <laughs> I go, love it. So he says, let's let, let's connect. So I gave him, you know, my phone number. Man, just a couple of minutes later, the phone rings. And I thought it was him. And I, of course, I swear, Andy, you son of a gun, everything. He goes, uh, this other voice goes, no, this is Dr. So and so. I'm like, oh, sorry. You know, he laughed. <laughs> that was my doctor. He goes, okay, John, you know, you, you know, you have it. It's stage two. That's what we know now. Sunnybrook, Sunnybrook Hospital in the, in the city of Toronto. Really good. And the um, Odette Center is the cancer center. First building on the right when you, when you pull into the main drag. Anyway, so I said, okay. He goes, I'll call you Monday morning. You're probably going to be there on Tuesday morning to get you start getting going. You got to get through this. And he was on the mark. That's exactly what happened. Okay, great. And then, I, then, then I put the phone down. An hour later, my friend Andy calls me. We chatted, man. It's only like two hours. It's so good. You get the diagnosis, stage two. What are, the, are there four stages? Is that what it is? Yeah. Four stages, right. Okay. So stage two. Um, right. That means, what, spread. That means it's spread. It's spread. Okay. It's spread to one other, that they know of, one other location from the original spot. Right. So now so it's like. Why, so they scan me, MRI, yeah. X-ray. My God, I became like the x-ray man, man. You did. It was like days of tests. I remember because we were oh, all yeah. just like, all right, when's dad going to start oh, this? Yeah. If they're, they're the plan. thorough as hell. And it's like, yeah. everyone is there. It seems to be really good. Like really nice, good people. Like know their oh, stuff. Yeah. So, um, then you go to through like a planning stage. That's like one, you know, like one morning. That's that mask, mask I showed you. Yes. Well, it comes out kind of soft. It comes out of this. This big vat. It looks like a like a like like a flat French fry fly, um, fryer. Yeah. Because it's 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 like water in there. And he goes, it's going to be rather warm. It could be a little bit hot. So well, let's do it. Take take. I'm lying down. Take oh, a bad. deep breath. I go, How deep? I go as deep as you can. I okay. They slap this like this mesh on me, and they poke you in the face because it has to be molded because it dries fast. 
in terms of this mask, so this mask is specifically used for radiation. Yes, and they put the clips on so that you don't move. That's what that's what the point is. And then they're gonna zap you with their special lasers and stuff. So oh, how man. how many sessions? Thirty three. Thirty three sessions. And I gotta tell you something. If it that last time that I had it, oh my god, I was it really hit me hard. I go, I don't think I could have, I could have done another week, and it was so bloody sore, man. That's probably that was worse than the operation. Really? Oh my God! This last, uh, the last two weeks. No, hang on. Two, then the week after. Yeah, those three weeks. That was that. That was that was the worst. Because once it starts, when when the radiation starts, okay, you feel the heat. It's the heat. It's weird. It's not like you like you go out into the sun. You spend too much time in the sun. You put some cream on. You know, you cool down in the shower. You know, and then by the following day, it's maybe still a little warm, but after that, it's done. No, man, this gets increased. It just gets hotter and hotter. Like you can literally, I can literally put my hand before, before I had all these stupid eruptions on this side and then touch this side. And it was like, it's not coming from the same body. It's impossible. There was so much heat coming from my right side of my face. It was phenomenal. Wow. Lost all facial hair on this side. Oh, yeah. And into the back of your head, even a little bit, like from where I was cutting your hair. Yeah. Right down from my chin all the way down. It's like a line. I'll take a photo of the first hair that kind of grows on my right side again. Okay. (laughs) Celebration. (laughs) Yeah. People pay good money for that kind of laser, Dad. (laughs) Exactly. So here I am. It's so weird. Here I am shaving. The left side of my face, and I took a picture of that. Remember I said to you? Yeah. The left side of my face, I'm shaving. The right side, I'm consistently applying all those creams to myself. God mm. almighty. Bloody man. Oh, and it's it's the losing the taste of food. God, that was bad. This past weekend was so cool because for the first time, water did not taste like ocean water. Everything tasted salty. When was your last day of radiation? Um, last Friday of May. Okay. Yeah. So I'm, I'm, uh, three weeks, three, three, three and a half weeks later. Yeah. That's right. Yeah. Yeah. Because, and then the thing with radiation that I've learned from you now is like, like you're saying your skin gets hotter, like it's still working for a while, like after your last session. Yes. It works. It works for prime. Like it peaks. It's not just maintaining, it still goes. In a perfect world, that original doctor would have done a biopsy. He would have scheduled you for a biopsy. And then they would have known it was cancerous. So then when you went in for the surgery, they would have been known like they would have taken out the spot and more. Cause like, even for me, like I've flashed a few of my friends, my, my, my skin cancer scar, right. Which is, uh, you know, it's on my breast tissue, um, for those that didn't know, but you know, so I flash a few people and they're like, Jesus, that's a big scar. And I'm like, yeah, because when they go in and I remember my surgeon telling me that she's like, we take way more than you, you're expecting because we want to make sure that the edges are clear of any cancer cells. So, you know, 
had they known and you had the surgery, I mean, chances are you might have been able to avoid radiation. It was tiny. It was tiny, right? Yeah. Because like, don't forget, it's not just like when I said it feels like a marble. It's also the, the, um, the swelling around it. Mm-hmm. So it's actually smaller. But this is like became huge. Right. Man, go for a second opinion, whatever you do, man. Well, I'm telling you, like, if it's, if there's ever been a lesson from this, cause I like to, you know, what can we take away for other people? It's exactly that. It's like, you know, get that second opinion. It is worth it. Even if you're nervous because your fear and your nervous feelings aren't going to go anywhere. If it, two years from now, you have to do something more serious today was a pretty good day. Oh, this is interesting how this kind of worked out, eh? Because we didn't really plan for this in a sense. No, we so didn't. Today was the day I see my oncologist. Well, I did see my my oncologist. Checked me out. He's a great guy, right? Checked yeah. me out, and he's and he's really looking into my mouth. And he still he says, "I still don't understand how you didn't get any sores in your mouth." So everyone, most most people get it. It's like he's good. It's like he was happy for me, you know. But yeah, but the skin, yeah, he says, it's pink. I can tell. Like he knows the stuff, right? He goes, oh yeah, just watch the sun, you know? So what happens now? So you get, um, you know, you get this sort of midway check with your doctor. He's like, you looking good. You're healing well. Where do we go from here now? Well, six weeks, they're going to give me a call sometime this week to, uh, to verify the date. Uh, I get scanned completely again. Blood test. Because it takes a good two months for your body to return to its more or less to its normal state. So then they can do the proper, proper x-rays and, and MRIs and blood testing without being affected because of the radiation. Mm. And then another two weeks, which turns out to be eight weeks, then I do a follow-up with him. So if they found something, oh God almighty, I don't even, I don't even want to get into that. No. But I'm confident that they've caught it because they did not, they didn't find any evidence here or up. So, you know. Absolutely. You have to stay positive. I mean, you know, but I think it's like the it's like the operation. I remember lying on the table, and it, and they wanted me to you know to go lie on my on my left side, of course, because they're doing the operation there. And they said, "Okay, breathe in." I said, "I said, I said just just give me one second, okay." And then there's three people hovering over me, right? There's the, there's the anesthesiologist, there's this, and there's a surgeon, the um, the assistant surgeon, and then there's the um, nurse there. I said, "Just just give me one moment for a second, okay." I just take I just take a deep breath. Okay. And I just was telling myself, you know what? You're going to wake up. It's going to happen like this. And you're not going to be the same for a while. So I was getting myself prepared. So don't be surprised, John, when you wake up, when you're feeling out of it. So when I did wake up and it felt like a blink of an eye, it's like I felt a sensation as though I was about to throw up. And I didn't, I was confused because it's just like something in my throat. It was a breathing tube. When they sensed that I was waking, they're just waiting, man. I could just imagine them. They're just waiting. Okay, he's waking, waking now. And they just pull it out. It's such, you know, when you're going on this, this experience of a surgery, like, and it's not elective, this is not something you're, you're not getting acute, like, boob job you're like you're going in for serious situation here it's so yeah. scheduled trauma scheduled trauma or, or another word is controlled trauma it's like having a car accident uh, this one i was i was really explained to it 
It's like if you have a car accident, it's a, a traumatic, you know, like have it, you know, it's a it's a traumatic moment or time of your life. But this is a controlled trauma. That's what surgery is. So the major difference between having a surgery and having and having like radiation or chemotherapy treatments is that surgery is bam, it's at one time. You're out, it's done, it started, it's over. Now you have to heal. Chemotherapy and radiation, it's it's a slog every day. And it's like, man, you don't realize it at the beginning, but you're getting weaker, man, weaker and weaker. Like February, I was trying to keep up. Couldn't do it after that. March, I was a zombie land, man. That's what I told you. I can't come. Don't, don't, don't even ask me because it just killed me. Oh, I came out to see you that one time because I thought he's probably going a little stir crazy sitting in, you know, at your home because like you can't even visit like you couldn't even have just like a casual coffee with your sister who lives down the road because we're so worried, right? With good reason with this pandemic. So that, you know, it added a whole other layer of like battle to like what you're already going through. Like, I know we laughed a couple of times because you're like COVID schmovid. I got my own stuff going on here. Like, you know, that was nothing, you know, like when you're going through like real stuff and it's, it's such a scary thing. Just like, you know, not really knowing what's going to come after the surgery. How am I going to handle this? What's my body going to do? But you really were able to, I'm sure you had dark moments. Everybody does, but you really did maintain as positive an outlook as you could. You know, and I just think that that I wonder, you know, that stuff has got to help the healing process when you believe that like your body can do this, you know, and you're sending all that good energy around you. So you have to keep your own self going. Right. Like you can't you can't push you can't push yourself through any kind of motivational moment or you have to have it so that it's it's a pull. You have to have something in front of you that that you got to strive for. Being pushed from behind doesn't help. Your family can love you; it's great, and they and they support you, right? So there's that hand behind you, like hands behind you. But you're the one that's got to have that something in front of you to pull, because that's the true way to get through it. Because it's it's like okay, I'm going to get through this day. I'm going to get through this week. Wednesday's here. Here we go. Thursday, Friday, here we go, man. That was that's what I was saying. See all these motivational posters, or, or especially the ones that have like a really nice photo to it, right? It's maybe I look at it really differently. I don't look at it as a push. To me, it's it acts as a magnet for me. It it, it pulls me to that. Because if you don't have something in front of you that pulls you through, man, through those darkest moments, oh my god. Well, you and I have talked ever since you were little. Remember this: the, you have to find the silver lining in every cloud. No matter what it is, there's always something that's gonna it's gonna appear. And what you were saying about those inspirational quotes, I don't know if you and I were talking about this or if I saw this video on the internet recently, but it was talking about poetry and like how some people don't see the benefit of poetry or like who needs poetry, who needs a poem. But when you are in dark moments. Sometimes it's that poetry that is going to be that pull for you. Like 
how it just, as they say in slang, it just hits different, right? When you're going through something difficult and you see that thing, you're like, whoa, I never thought of those words hitting me like that or being what's going to pull me out of this moment. Um, but it's powerful. And there's, there's so much power in sharing your story. So first of all, thank you for sharing your story with us today, because, you know, not everybody puts themselves out there for the world to, you know, consume. Um, and you're a pretty private person about stuff. So it's pretty special that you're sharing that. And I also just like, I'm sure my brother would agree, but we're both like, damn, look at, look at dad go sharing and going through stuff as you're going through it. Because I think, it takes a lot of courage in some ways to allow people to care for you and, you know, be worried about you. Like a lot of us want to be brave and tough and like, we got this, you know? Um, oh, interesting, interesting um, point on that one. Once I told you and your brother and my sister, three main, you know, like, you know, uh, you know, people in my life in that sense. And so when the, when the occasion arose, I started to tell other good friends and family members not everybody just kind of it's weird they just kind of like test the waters because mom kept it a secret for so long and lisa and i my sister and i would try to tell her talk about it it's good for you but she just didn't she couldn't wrap herself around it but anyway so i started i started doing that you know and then you're then you, you then you made a really nice write-up on your Instagram about me. You had, you had three nice photos of yours. Oh, that was so nice, man. It was so good. So I used that, actually, as breaking the ice to an awful lot of other people that don't talk usually on a normal basis. But, hey, we get together the way I operate. So we could not see each other for, like, for 10 years or as I'm finding out 40 years. And we still can talk and tight as if we just saw each other last month. That's who I am. That's also part of mm-hmm. who I am. And people know that. So they like that side of me. And I've always gotten that kind of compliment. Like, what the hell? It's just like we just talked. I go, we have. Mm-hmm. It's up to you as, as, as to whether time went by. If you if, if the relationship is good, it should it doesn't matter, right? Mm-hmm. How much time went by. So when I sent that clip, I go, wow, this is what I've been going through lately, dot, dot, dot. And I put that in. Man, the responses I got was like really overwhelming. Actually, a few of them got me a really like misty eyed man. Like, wow, you know, hit me hard. And these are from men. Some of them, I say, like, oh my God, I'm, mm-hmm. I, they really value my friendship. I had no idea that they, they felt that strong, which is kind of, it surprises you. I mean, it, it surprised me. Some of them, not a word, mm. crickets, which I'm really surprised by that. On some of them, I say, like, really? You can't I think it's can say, how's it going? Yeah. Well, you and I have talked about this. I think that's yeah. like a fear, a fear-based response. You think it's contagious. Yeah. It's because <laughs> like, really? they sense their own doom and their own, like, they're not invincible. Right. It's absolutely. And I think, you know, those like, and there's always going to be that type, right. But their power of storytelling, the power of sharing something vulnerable, because when you share your vulnerability, I mean, we see it all the time, like people return it. And it's like this beautiful thing that happens. Like I know we, when I asked if you would share it today, I was thrilled that you would. And it's like, I remember when I shared my cancer thing, it was the first time I'd shared something before actually conquering it, you know, sharing it, 
at the same time, which was a different experience, but I needed it. I needed the strength from others to help me through it because it was so overwhelming. And I don't think there's anything wrong with that, you know, to be like, I'm reaching out to you because I've just gone through this scary thing. And like, let's connect because we're human beings and this is what we do. Yeah. So, yeah. And sometimes I just want to add this. You yeah. just made me think of something that I had. Um, it's funny, like the thoughts you get when you're going through these things, right? Even if, even if at its lowest point, like you said, you have to find something kind of like uplifting. So I'm lying in bed. Now nah, I'm not a very happy guy. I'm not feeling good. I'm going, oh my God. This, speaking of poems, this poem popped into my head that I wrote way back in, like, I think it was in grade six. It popped. Do you want to hear it? Go. There, there was, was a blue, blue tiger, tiger named Red. Tiger named Red. <laughs> he, he usually slept, slept in, his in his bed. He got he shot, shot one, one day in the most in unusual, unusual way. <laughs> and then, and boy, was he ever dead. <laughs> I was dying. I was laughing my ass off, man. I made my own day that day. It's kind of weird to say that, yeah. but it really did. I just like, oh my God. And I was uh, just like, listen, what? I'm gonna be honest with you, Dad. I totally submitted that as my own work in like <laughs> sixth grade or something. So a little plagiarism, but you know, you pulled through. It's a family thing. It. 25 years later, it's okay. They'd Good never thing. know. They'd never know. <laughs> God, well, Dad, thank you. Funny. Thank you for sharing your story with us today. No problem. I know that there's a lot of people rooting for you. So when you do figure out what's going on in the next few months and you're willing to share, I know that there'll be a lot of people yeah. who will be happy well, to hear nicest, about you. Nicest comments from people that, that listen to your you know stories, man. And they're like, wow, really nice. I know. They live locally. I like to take them out for coffee. Like, <laughs> you know, I have to have a conversation. You know? Listen, you have to be vetted from me first, but we'll see. <laughs> we'll have that happen. One day, one day. All right, dad. Well, thanks for your time. And uh, I'll see you when I see you. Okay. Yes, you will. One of the cool things that I found about using Pillway lately is that you're not forgetting as often or ever to take your pills. Well, let's clear that up for a moment, shall we? I'm not forgetting to take my pills because of Pillway. Literally. I'm still forgetting stuff. Yeah, other things. He's giving that forgetting department to other parts of his life. It's fine. Listen, Jessica, it's all a matter of, <laughs> I mean, what Amanda. <laughs> that was quick. That was good. I like it. Um, but yeah, you know, you are the type of person where at the moment you are taking daily pills. Yeah. Like so many people. High blood pressure. Yeah. Anybody want to track down my records? <laughs> it's high blood pressure, dude. Now we know. And um, yeah, sometimes you forget to take it in the morning and I don't have time to remember that stuff for you. So it's nice that it takes it off, you know, your list of things to do. Yeah. So it's basically like get pill way. You'll remember your pills. Or if you're rich, you can just hire somebody to follow you around and, you know, give you your pills. Right. So for regular people who yeah, just want Yeah, basically wanted... you're getting pill way. Yeah, pill All way. right. Forget so, the other one. The other one's not happening. Couple of things that I really liked about it was first of all switching your prescription over. Super simple. Super simple. The messaging, they were on it. You can do it through the app or you can head over to their website. I love it. And honestly, it's just like that where was this, you know, years ago? Honestly. You know, who's reminding me? I need basically Pillway needs to branch off and my pills and then other things like, <laughs> you know, life coaching. 
<laughs> inside your like, personalized packets yeah for yeah. dean every, they have to add him like a yeah this is what this every is a third packet for the day no every second because it's minor daily yeah so they'd be like the pill packet and then you pull it and it's just like a, a fortune cookie and you open it up and it says hey dude have you taken a bath like in the last couple days ew are you wearing the same shirt that you wore to bed this guy you guys this guy okay but we're joking around but here's what it is pill i'm not way. joking it comes in your personalized packets. And so mm -hmm. if you take daily meds, and it's not just specific, like you can get regular prescriptions in there. Right. But for your daily meds, it can come in these personalized packets. What's great is it takes the pressure off of the remembering. So you do the convenient transfer of your prescription. You can add, you know, vitamins if you want, which I thought was really cool. So you can have like your vitamin, multivitamin, your vitamin D, whatever you're looking for. You add in the free delivery. And then of course, I love the box that it comes in, custom packaging. You can also have reminders in through the app. Yep. It's awesome. And of course, the added part, which is the full service care. So you can stay connected through virtual appointments and reminders across your full journey from seeing a doctor and getting your prescription. So you can visit pillway.com or download the app and sign up. Use my code AmandaMuse50. So that's AmandaMuse50 for up to 50% off your first order of vitamins, supplements, over-the-counter drugs, and more when you place your first medication order on Pillway. Do it. Well, my dad, fabulous guest on today's episode. You he might kind of know him. His name's guest. John. Yeah. yeah, I met him once. A couple times. When I asked him if it was okay if I married you, and then he was like... <laughs> sure. I assumed it was a yes. He never said. <laughs> did you didn't ask him, did you? I sure did. For real? Yeah, what do you think? I didn't know that. I don't remember. Well, you're not it's... supposed to know that stuff. I don't come up to you later and go, okay, I asked your dad. He said it's okay. So is it okay with you? That's so sweet. Because then you could get totally burnt. That's true. And then I'd have to approach him again and said, Sh okay, she said no. <laughs> so do you have any pull? <laughs> Imagine. Yeah. Oh, but, you know, and all. backed out of that a long time ago, I tell excuse you. Excuse me. Joking. I was just thinking this gave you some brownie points. We'll tough it out a little longer. Mm -hmm. Okay, but let's mm -hmm. all serious stuff. You yeah, know, let's get real serious. It's been a year. Well, it hasn't been a year. It's been longer than that. But my dad with this surgery and the cancer and like the misdiagnosis, what a trip. It's a window on not just your dad, but on a lot of people that are suffering, not with job loss, not with whatever, but with, with loneliness and with health problems and being alone and not having those support, uh, uh, you know, um, those support uh, people around you. It sucks. Big time. Yeah. I mean, there's been some wins like you know how do you support someone when they're going through something so tricky and he's also part of a vulnerable group now like i was so scared to see him because i didn't want to potentially risk giving him something while he's going through this and then slow down his radiation right right um we were able to get like food delivered to his house which was awesome like yeah. pre-made meals although his taste buds started to go so you know it was like hit and miss yeah right um but yeah, how so you cook? Then you should cook for him because it'd be like <laughs> burn, Dean. That was so. That was pretty smooth. That was smooth. That was quick. Um, no, but, but yeah, no, it's it sucks. It's terrible. And he has been able to maintain, you know, as as much as reasonably possible, like a positive outlook throughout all of this, which is pretty fabulous. Oh, that's good. You got to have it. You got to have it. If you don't have it, I think 
when you're going through that stuff. Can you imagine? I mean, I don't have any diseases that I know of as of a few days ago. Right. But how do you say this? Things are coming. Mm. Right? We don't last forever. And we don't die because a meteor hit us. How did he die? You know, on your epitaph, on your tombstone? <laughs> Dean, killed by meteor. And you're like... Uh, Only you would make me laugh talking about death. But yes. No, but to be honest. <laughs> but anyway, you're going down. You're gonna Something's going to happen. Mm-hmm. Something's going to take you. You don't know what. And it's just like, you know, to go through that with a support group, with family, that's one thing. To go through it by yourself, isolate. Oh, it's hard. Honestly, it gives me a little bit of a, it, it hurts my heart a little bit. Yeah. It was it was a pretty big deal when dad would come out for a visit. Like, thank goodness they allowed for that, for people yeah. who lived alone to have a family that they could visit with. When he was feeling up for it, we pulled out all the stops. We made the meals dad liked and yeah. played board games and let, you know, just let the, the joy of children being around grandparents and how healing that can be and the love and all of that. Yeah. But it was... Because um, they know, help you forget, right? The kids help you forget. Like, Grandpa, why are you in the hospital? Well, I've got cancer and all this type of stuff. Like, oh, really? Okay. Hey, do you want to play, uh, you know, do you want to play Mario Kart? Mario Kart? (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, or whatever, right? And then you're like, yeah, I guess I do want to play Mario Kart because. And then you're making fun of Grandpa because he's like playing Minecraft and he's just trying to cut down a tree instead of being doing what he's supposed to do. And everyone's laughing and having a good time. Yeah, and then those scary ender things get him. (laughs) And you're See, forgotten. I know that. Look I know that you. stuff. I know Enders. You're hip. Endermans. That's Endermans. right. Yeah. Nightmare scary. Oh, but you know, it's serious. it's these. It's like trying to find these little glimmers, right? So throughout the episode, Dad and I were talking about you know finding that you know the silver lining in these difficult times, right. and how do you do that? How do you stay positive? Right. And he's been doing that my whole life, but there's never a time where it's really he's had to do it for himself so much, and it's been you know kind of amazing to see him go through it and the thing is is like we're not done yet you know we're not he hasn't been given the clean bill of health so it's it's tricky to share a journey when you're still going through it um but i just think that like right now certain news like of a pandemic has really just kind of taken over our lives and it's absolutely important and all of this thing you know it's all unknown and we're just coping but in and amongst that there's also people fighting their own battles and it's um a lot of battles from sicknesses terminal illnesses mental health huge mental health i can't like i don't know how you feel every day but you know after a year some days i wake up and i'm just like yeah okay i mean how is this how long does it go on for mm-hmm. and and what are you falling back on i think i've watched every single movie there is <laughs> like i've watched every movie and some of them a the few whole times. charlie chaplin you know anthology <laughs> and i watched all the clint eastwoods and you know after a while you're just like okay what am i supposed to do now right should i maybe take up like you know crocheting yeah but I mean, geez, once you get into the crocheting, I mean, <laughs> it's not going to be pretty. Because, you know, crocheting's, crocheting requires some some skill. Which, I'm not sure you have in that yeah, department. Two but... needles, one needle. Go to one needle. It's even harder than knitting. <laughs> <laughs> or forget that. Macrame. <laughs> no needles. Well, I don't know. Listen, if any of you guys know about macrame, could you please... Uh, <laughs> Message just DM. Is it though. PM or yeah. DM? DM me, right? 
direct message or or private message or pm no dm dm me what does that stand for direct message oh direct message (laughs) you you lost it you had it with the endermans you lost it with the pm it's okay we'll keep you hip one day at a time but you know what i'm gonna digress a little bit here it's uh i feel like so the big takeaways for me with this episode is get a second opinion when in doubt yeah don't mess around and you know what like my surgeon said, she's like, when in doubt, cut it out. And I'm like, I'm here oh, for that. <laughs> really? Yeah. Because she goes, if you don't know, why why wait? You know, it may not turn into what you like. So I'm here for it. Especially if it's hard. Got a weird bump on um, my right butt cheek. I mean, shoot. Get should it I done. Worry about it? Maybe. Go talk to her. The second thing is you know, really try to keep your mental health as strong as you can by, you know, allowing the people that love you to support you and what if nobody loves you there's always someone Mm, i don't know maybe people have faith you know maybe there's communities online i think that there's ways to find connection with people and i think the last thing which kind of melds into the second part is you know not being afraid to share your story because i think you know as dad and i were talking a lot of people don't want to share because it's makes it real or you feel like you're the only person going through it. But when you share your story, there's power in that storytelling. You're helping others, but also it allows other people to help and support you. Yeah. I'm grateful that dad shared a story with us. And, um, you know, it'll be, I think a lot of people will be interested to hear what happens in the next six weeks when he gets his next results. And so we'll be thinking happy thoughts, you know? Yeah, think happy thoughts. And I guess from everybody out there that's going through the same thing, because it's not just your dad. No. A lot of people, of course, it's not just your dad, but... A lot of people are going through the same thing and uh, it's a lot to put up with. It's a lot to take and you have to find those anchor points, I guess, truly you know, in your life, like family or friends or community, you know, a hobby, mm-hmm. um, you know, take up things that, that make you feel better. We're thinking of you and we thank you for being here and listening to our show today. Thanks for being here, guys. Friendo Podcast is produced and hosted by me, Amanda Muse. Music on this episode is written by Chris Bevins and Mike Payne, performed and produced by MP Real Glow. If you'd like to help support the growth of Friendo Podcast, you can do so by leaving a positive review, sharing the podcast with your friends and community, and supporting the shop at hellofriendo.com. Find us on Instagram at shophellofriendo. And thank you for listening. And remember... Be your own bird. <laughs>